0: Love is described so many ways, defined so many ways, in our culture, in our pop culture. Love is blind, love, love is difficult. Love will break your heart. Love hurts, love stinks. Love is complicated, battlefield. Hard to argue with any of those. And then here's this child who makes love so simple. We can work it out and have a baby named Bob. (laughs) I want to say, uh, Barbara said that uh, that is compatible with my message, Uh, that poem inspired this message. I felt like this child through, through Loretta Walker's marvelous poem was reminding me of something that I'd heard before, helping me to hear it in a way that maybe made it more accessible. You know, for a child to love across boundaries and borders is so charming because she doesn't know any of the rules yet. But people have been doing that, adults. Despite of all rules and roles and laws and taboos, filling up our lives and our literature, well, for forever. Someone will fall in love with someone of the wrong clan, the wrong caste, the wrong country or color or religion or sex or age. And sometimes the full weight of human laws falls upon them, their family disowns them, their country excludes them. But love doesn't pay any attention to all of that. It's very stubborn. Friendship has less hormonal power behind it, but it too is a love that leaps over borders as Barbara and Loretta found, coming from such different places and put together by chance, by one thing that they had in common, poetry and making a friendship that lasted the rest of their lives. So a child, as I said, doesn't know about these roles yet, these rules. For an adult, loving despite knowing them is a triumph. And here comes Advent, which means, you know, here comes, the waiting time, the approaching, the preparation time in the Christian tradition, when one of the great teachers of humanity is coming, and he's coming to tell us, love is actually very simple. All those things that I said, how it's how it's complicated in a battlefield. Jesus, like other teachers, like our universalist forebears for hundreds of years and right up to now, says it's actually very simple. Not easy, but not complicated. The only thing you need to decide is, is this person, A person? Am I looking at another human being? Okay. Because that's your neighbor, Jesus says. And the rule is love your neighbor as yourself. Very simple. He also said that you must become like a little child to enter the kingdom of heaven. This thought about childhood. As I'll be talking about next week, people of other times and places have had very different ideas than we do in our our complex understanding of childhood as having these complex um, psychological needs, different developmental stages than adulthood. I don't think he meant childlike in a modern sense, but I'm all for anachronistically interpreting the Bible, so here we go. I'd like to interpret this passage as being the twin of love your neighbor as yourself. The way we love our neighbors as ourselves is we become more like children. The way we become more like children is we look at how children love. And we say, forget all these rules that I've learned. Forget, what does she say, age race, station, I don't need to know any of that. Here we are, people in the same place, on the same planet, and the rule is simple, love one another. Now, it gets confusing because we use love to mean so many things, right? It's a word that comes up all the time. Love your haircut, right? She loves the Beatles. They love garlic bread. Okay, so that's all like um, aesthetic approval or um, enjoyment of something. But then even when it comes to people, we use the same word for the love that one has for a friend or a parent or a child or a sibling, a cousin, a lover. And these are not all the same thing. We use love to mean... I want to be with you, I enjoy your company, Uh, I want to make love with you, I understand and feel understood by you, and so many other shades of meaning. And for these, judgment is needed. You know, the childlike naivete is not so good when it comes to the sophisticated, complex, choices we make about whom do we want to have as a friend, as a partner. I mean, judgment in the sense of discernment, discrimination between two things. For the love Jesus is talking about, those are irrelevant. It's true that a love that doesn't admit of boundaries or borders or rules is naive and not very wisely applied to romance and friendship, family relationships even, because in those, healthy boundaries are actually essential to creating good relationships. But I think that's the point of this teaching from Jesus, from many other teachers in religious and secular settings, right down to Madison in the lunchroom. This isn't love like liking, but bigger and stronger. It isn't necessarily companionship, friendship, choosing someone and moving through life with them. I don't know, maybe that's what Madison was talking about. But in order for us as adults to really be more like her, we need to go out the other side of adulthood, the kind of discrimination we bring to our relationships. I think it's a parallel to what uh, Picasso is said to have said about how one can spend decades learning again how to paint like a child. I don't think he meant I just wanna paint like I painted when I was four. Okay, we're talking about Picasso, and he was a genius, so maybe like I was two. Um, I think he's saying for an adult to paint like that requires all that knowledge and all that discrimination and knowing how to set it aside when it doesn't belong. And I think that's what we're talking about, about this kind of love. It's hard because, you know, when we apply our discrimination, when we think about who we like, whom we trust, we realize there's a lot of people we don't like, we don't trust, we fear them, we might even hate them, And we're pretty sure that some people out there dislike and fear and distrust and maybe even hate us. And those are the acid tests, of course. Am I supposed to love them? Anti-Semitism is on the rise. It's really scary. Are we supposed to love people who would like to destroy us? Racism runs like a poison through this country's veins. Are people who are its targets supposed to love people who are racist? Well, when I ask these acid test questions, I think of this meditation that we just sang. Something that we can want for everyone is May they be peaceful and well and whole, right? I mean, I'm thinking, for me, if they could, because if this wish came true, if they really were well and whole and at peace, then they would no longer want this. You just can't. You can't hate somebody and do violence to somebody and be at peace and well and whole, yourself. And then, for this meditation, all we need to know about somebody is not whether we like them or have anything in common with them or whether they like or respect us. We just need to know that they're human. Bling about people who wish each other harm. You know, that they're machines. Are human and then we apply this meditation thinking about we could add another verse we sang it with I and you and we and I'm thinking what if I sang it with the word all may I be filled with loving kindness No, may all be filled with loving kindness, may all be well, may all be peaceful and at ease, may all be whole. Is that not something we can all wish for with sincerity? If it came true this meditation, this wish, there would be no cruelty, no war, no environmental destruction, no greed, right? They would all disappear like Alka-Seltzer. None of it's easy, as I said, but it's simple. That beautiful phrase in Loretta Walker's poem, could we see only the simplicity of love? Could we practice that? Let's practice it right now. Each ourselves in the privacy of our own hearts. Think about somebody who's really hard for you to love. You don't like them, you don't trust them. You know all of it. You're afraid of them. When you know who that person is, see if you can say these words in your heart with their name in there. May this person be well. May they be peaceful and at ease. May they be filled with loving kindness. May they be whole. Let's try it. This little girl in the cafeteria and her accomplices, Miss Walker, and Jesus, and so many others. They've given us that love, the light of that love. I'm thinking if we could practice this, when we encounter somebody who's hard to love, hard to like, if we could practice this meditation, would we not be grabbing that key, turning, opening that cabinet and having that light of love pour out so that we could live in it? If we did that, if we lived in that simplicity of love, What kind of world might we make?